Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. Hello and welcome to Pride Mix here at Gaze at the National Parks. The Wait, pod- I need you to say the title again, but I need you to really emphasize our first word. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Pride Mix here at Gaze at the National Parks. <laughs> I just feel like we really need to say that word over, okay. and over again. Hello and welcome to Pride Mix here at Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. I'm intending to keep all of that <laughs> because this is the episode about the Don't Say Gay Bill. Hello and welcome to Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. June is LGBTQIA plus Pride Month. And during the month of June, our Trail Mix episodes are called Pride Mixes. Pride Mix is a chance for us to dive deep into queer history and in some cases how queer history intersects with the national parks and the national park services role as America's storyteller. Well, in the last two years of Pride Mix, we have turned our focus on events and people in history, specifically in New York and San Francisco, to help to illuminate the contributions of queer people in the LGBTQIA. LGBTQ plus movement, this year we have turned our focus to laws which have been enacted against the LGBTQ plus community in the last year and beyond. These laws are regressive, they are harmful, and they are baselessly driven by legislators and politicians who, rather than dealing with real social issues and injustices, kowtow to an increasingly aggressive and radical right conservative Christian base. In this week's Pride Mix, we'll be discussing the Don't Say Gay Bill. So in elementary school and maybe in K-12 to school, mm-hmm. what depictions of heterosexuality can you recall from the media and being taught in school? Well, if we want this episode <laughs> to be a million years long, right. then I could start say, my list. Yes. But like all of them. Right. Everything I saw was that. Right. I remember being asked at five years old if I had a girlfriend. Right. Oh, is she your girlfriend? And I'm like... Why can't she just be a person in my class, right? right? That's the most indoctrinating thing I've ever sure. seen or ever have had right. happen to me. Right. I'm like, why are we asking kids if they have like girlfriends or boyfriends at like four years old? Right. Yeah. So you're straight now, right? <laughs> right. right. Totally. Yeah. It no. worked. It worked. They've made me straight. Uh, exactly. Exactly. So yeah. Oh my God. Everything is. Yeah. Everything. Everything is two straight people together 
everything, uh-huh. right? Even everything like, is made for you. Even white like, and straight, you've got it made. <laughs> to like, you know, plugs in the wall. Is that right. the male end or the female end? Exactly. You know, like all that stuff. Yep. It's just like straight, straight, straight people, straight people, the world <laughs> is made for straight you. Straight people straighting. Straight people sissing and straighting. <laughs> right, exactly. Right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I always find it fascinating when, you know, politicians or, you know, people with Facebook profiles (laughs) say that, you know, we can't teach children about gay rights or gay history and we can't show depictions of gay people because it'll turn the kids gay. Where (laughs) you and I, who were raised in a society (laughs) made for heterosexuals, are as gay as the day is long. Yeah. It didn't so work. That doesn't work. Right. That doesn't work. Right. And we're, I mean, every gay person who exists is proof that that's... That's a, a falsehood. F- total falsehood. Right. 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 The same with the same with trans people. Right. right. They grew up in a, you know, cisgender world made for cisgender people. Right. And they, at the end of the day, are like, no, you can say all this to me, but this is, that's not my truth. Right. And that's not going to make it my truth. Right. And I just, I like, it's so funny to me how people are like, oh, well, repetition, it'll eventually just like change that person. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It doesn't change what's endemic to you. No. 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 You are you. You are you, and that's just that. Yeah. Right? That's the doctor who suits the gay Dr. Seuss book we're writing. (laughs) You are you, and that's just that. (laughs) I actually think we should do that. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I mean, it just is astounding to me that that is sort of where we're at here. I know. Okay. So, what about images and depictions of diversity do you remember? None. Like, maybe in a math book, there was, like, you know, uh, an illustration of a white child with an Asian child. And, like, maybe that that was that. I do remember reading occasionally stories in elementary school rooted in Mexican culture. Okay. And occasionally stories rooted in Native American culture. Mm -hmm. Very occasionally. Occasionally. Extremely. Yeah. I mean, do I need to say occasionally again? Occasionally. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But otherwise, no. It was just like, you know, the same stuff. Whites whiting. Whites Whites whiting. whiting, Straight straighting. (laughs) Right. Right. How has all of that added up to you being a straight adult male in your life? I mean, the evidence is clear (laughs) by my um, tie-dye rainbow here that I'm exuding out. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Singing the coat of many colors. (laughs) Right. So the plan works. Right. It works. It works. (laughs) It works. I don't want it. I don't care to say this person's name, but I have to because it's in our information. Republican Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida officially signed the Parental Rights in Education Act, or HB 1557, into law at the end of March 2022. The law essentially criminalizes, I'm going to repeat that word, criminalizes any sort of, quote, classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with the state standards, end quote. So something I talked about before in our last Pride Mix, Mm -hmm. which is if it stopped with, okay, we're not teaching about sexual orientation or gender identity between kindergarten and grade three, period. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be happy with that, Mm -hmm. but I could at least be like, okay, great. So we can start this in grade four. But then they add this nonsense, which is the not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate. Okay, so now it's just gray area nebulous 
words that can that can be used at any point in time sure. to criminalize somebody who is teaching. Right. And the thing that drives me up a wall as an educator, and I'm sure the same for you. People who, who are, are the, making laws right, who have never been teachers. Thank you. The words from my mouth. Um, exactly. I can't. Um, and who like or who have psychology training to know what childhood right. development Right. is and how correct it is to introduce something at a specific stage or age. It's incredibly maddening. It's the undermining of education on a The other thing that level. is incredibly maddening is that, okay, maybe at some point this this thing mm-hmm. will get overturned somehow sure. and it won't be the law anymore. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they pulled it out, the fact that they made it a thing mm-hmm. and they've gotten buzzed about it, all of that is the playing of politics. Oh, yeah. And it's literally just like, let's point the finger and like make life harder for specifically queer people and to teachers mm-hmm. with this. Yep. Just to, you know, boost a base so that the base can go see they do believe in us like yep. i i'm on a soapbox right now so i'm okay. just going to get i'm just gonna we're keep on a going. tangent keep going and that is we'll that back to the episode i do not understand how people can be so thwarted in their own thinking that they can confuse the difference between what they dislike and what is an injustice mm-hmm. that to me is the biggest problem that we have in America. I don't like this thing, therefore I think it should be outlawed. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, okay, like, I don't like corduroy pants, especially corduroy pants that have pleats, but I'm sorry, I'm not going to go out on a soapbox and create a law that says if you produce corduroy pants with pleats, then you need to be imprisoned. Right. Like, sorry about it. I was really thinking it. you were going to go with mayonnaise there, but you went with corduroy. <laughs> what a curveball. <laughs> right. But what I'm saying is yeah. like, I mean, it's the same. I'm, ooh, I'm on a soapbox even more. Uh-huh. It's the same with abortion. Yeah. And here is why. You can dislike abortion. You don't have to like abortion as an option. You don't have to get an abortion. You don't have to get it. You don't have to support it. But you can also at the same time go, but I understand why that would be a choice someone has to make. Or I understand that that might be a medical procedure, which let's remember abortion is a medical procedure, a medical procedure that someone might have to have in order to save their life. Mm -hmm. And I can understand that we need that in place in order to like, have people be the healthiest that they can be mm-hmm. in order to, you know, pursue the pursuit of happiness. Sure. Because that's America. Yeah. And you can have those two things at the same time. You can say, oh, I don't love it, but I understand why people need it. The end. You know what I mean? But yeah. the fact that you're going like, oh, I don't understand queerness and I, d- and I don't like it at, for whatever reason. And I think we should have as many laws as possible to like make that not a thing that happens here in America is beyond comprehension. Right. Well said, friend. (laughs) So there's a lot to unpack here, especially since this law, like anti-trans legislation, is seeing many copycat laws in other Republican-led states. But before we dive deeper into the law and its implications, it's important to better understand how we got here. And to do that, we can look at laws that have been enacted in the past which target queer topics and individuals in education, some in the distant past of the Sunshine State itself. Now, Florida is not the only state that is guilty of past prejudices toward queer individuals in education. Notably, California 
also has some skeletons in the state closet that don't shine too kind of light. But since we are looking at the flashpoint of don't say gay legislation, it's worth it to look into these past transgressions and how they may have inspired what is happening today. Between 1957 and 1963, the Florida Legislative Investigation Committee, or the Johns Committee, named for Florida State Senator Charlie E. Johns, became the witch-hunting body rallying against queer educators and students. Oddly enough, this committee got its start by trying to link communist sentiments to the members of the Florida NAACP. When this racist venture yielded no concrete or damning evidence, they turned their eyes toward gay educators, both K-12 through and college, as well as college-age students, specifically those of the University of Florida. The committee acted in a draconian fashion and used entrapment and systematically violated the rights of individuals they questioned. Individuals were intimidated and harassed through the questioning of the committee, often appearing without any legal counsel, all in a bid to oust not only the educator or student in question, but to then investigate and route out any other individuals who may have, quote, homosexual tendencies, end quote. While this committee eventually lost its credibility for vastly overstepping its mandate, and legal boundaries, among other issues, the damage done was far-reaching, not only for the lives of these educators, but for the students who lost the opportunity to learn from and grow with them. Despite the committee's loss, conservative politicians have continued to follow a similar plan of attack, marginalize and discredit education and educators when it comes to making informed decisions about childhood growth, development, and learning. The Parental Rights and Education Act is just an updated version of a tired old plan. Okay, so as a queer educator, okay, how do you feel about being queer in the classroom? It's really interesting. It's tricky. It's a sticky wicket. I don't feel like I... I'm not outwardly very open about my sexuality. Like well, I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I don't... I, I keep myself pretty reserved at school, um, and I kind of don't invite it in. Granted... I will be the first person to champion anybody that needs like that sort of backup or, you know, yeah. I'm 1000% there, but I'm not like, oh, he's the gay art teacher. I mean, my kids might know me as that. They don't say it to my face. <laughs> so that queer art educator over there. But it's, it's, it's wild to kind of like be on the other side of the coin now as an adult and having done it for 12 years. I definitely feel like I've opened up more about who I am. I feel like when I first started teaching, I was very like, let's be a you know, passing as possible and just like sort of keep my outside life outside of this space. But the more I've taught and the more I feel comfortable in that that environment, I feel like I can be more open with my students. I feel like I can joke around a little bit more and make them aware that I am here if you need me. But I'm not, you know, I don't have rainbow flags everywhere. I'm not, you know, I'm not so outwardly vocal about it. Sure. If that makes sense. It because does. I do feel like I'm in the minority. And so I try to, I feel like I have to toe the line a little bit. And that sucks. Mm -hmm. I also want to, you also kind of enjoy some passing privilege. Yeah. Like just generally speaking. Not that I am reveling in it, but I, no, I actively but you can use can, it to your advantage. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Yeah. Not, n not all of us get that. No. You know what I mean? Like when yeah. I walk into a classroom my queerness walks in before I do. Mm -hmm. And it just is what it is. Whenever yeah. somebody hears my voice, they're yeah. like, oh, well, that's a queer person. Yeah. You know, there's no hiding that. Yeah. And um, while we're not necessarily saying it, we're, I'm not necessarily confirming it. It's something that sure. like it's most people pick up on clock, yeah. you know? And uh, so for me being in a classroom, 
I try and like, I guess my first thing is that when it comes to who I am and my own sort of confidence, I'm like, it's very important for me personally to not like as a as a queer person who's likely in a space with people, young people, some of whom will be queer because queer people are everywhere, that it's important for me to, um, I don't want to be or start from a place of deficit. I yeah. don't want to start from a place of like, apologizing to be there you can even do that with your tone mm-hmm. hi i'm mr dusty i'm so excited to be here like underneath that i'm just saying i'm so sorry for existing and i'm i'm not doing that right when i am in a classroom i confidently claim space mm-hmm. and i and i do that uh intentionally because that is my way of communicating to young queer people hi you can confidently stand in a sure. space and you can take it up yeah and it can be yours and there's no reason you can't while I'm not necessarily, uh, so I guess what I'm saying to you is that I sort of have to go about it in a different way. I don't get this sort of like opportunity per se to like be reserved about it and share it if I care to share it. Right. Some people do. Yeah. Some people do. And, you know, some people do and also, you know, take the sort of road that I take. But it's, you know, it's up, you know, it's up to you. Yeah. It's certainly yeah. up to you. Yeah. Um, it, has there been a time with students where you've been honest about the queer part of yourself? Um, no, not directly. Not like directly and openly. I'm also dealing with middle school students too. Mm-hmm. So there's like a maturity level thing there, sure. which is I think part of the reason I also am not, you know, as open in who I am there in that yeah. space. Because I feel like with high school students, they would better understand it or better digest it. And so maybe this is where we get into like, not that I want to reference it, but age appropriateness of just like where I feel like I could hold that space and continue to hold the space as like that person with a, a an older group of students than I could with a younger group. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. I don't blame you for not wanting to, you know, like make it the center of discussion right. with a group of middle school students right. because they're all over the damn place yeah. and they have uh, many of them haven't learned respect. Right. 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 The last time I can remember, I mean, I'm often, if I tell people about this podcast, especially students, yeah. then I say, it's it's spelled G-A-Z, but the pun is intended. Right. And that's sort of like my way of confirming it. Yeah. But the last time I was working with a group of high school students over the summer, mm-hmm. I mean, many of whom identified as non-binary, it sure. was a bunch of theater. Yeah. Kids. It was a bunch of young people, young high school kids in a in a theater experience, uh, experience. <laughs> yeah. so we're getting a lot of th- and these were i i say like these are all of the kids from underneath the bleachers and sure. like give me all of them because i love them and i can connect with all of them yeah but yes there were like we had a lot of conversations about pronouns all of pronouns yeah. were everywhere like it, it was great and so um when i told them about this they found out they were like you have a podcast and you didn't tell us they were so upset <laughs> i was like yeah it's about they were like, what is it about? And I was like, it's about national park trails. <laughs> like they don't associate me at all with sure. outside. Yeah. I'm inside of a theater directing yeah. them. And like, they're like, what? National park? Tra-? And I'm like, yeah, it's called Gaze at the National Parks. And they were like, oh, okay. And I was like, but it's spelled G-A-Z-E, pun is intended. And they were like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> Mr. Dusty. <laughs> Oh, we love this. And yeah. I gave them all stickers. Yeah. Well, you can get those stickers too in the gay shop if you want. But the um, <laughs> they got them for free because they are my students. Yeah. But the um but that was at a theater. Yeah. Not necessarily like I wasn't a teacher in a school. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I get the 
I get the hesitancy. Yeah. I get the uncertainty of what's in the space. Right. And also when it comes to school systems, it's like rules change right and left yes. all the time. And yeah. then it's like hard to keep up. So I get wanting to be like, I'm keeping a low profile. I'm yeah. keeping my head down. I want my paycheck and I want to be able to live my life. Yeah. And since everything old is new again, there have been scores of laws that, if not directly targeting queer educators, target LGBTQ plus curriculum and education across the nation. The Parental Rights in Education Act is truly just regurgitated conservative talking points codified in a shiny new package. These laws are broadly referred to as, quote, no promo homo end quote, laws, or anti-gay curriculum laws. The Columbia Law Review breaks them down into five categories. Don't say gay, no promo homo, anti-homo, promo hetero, and abstinence until marriage. So I do want to mention, say something about abstinence until marriage education, right? That was the only thing taught in Mississippi Mm -hmm. uh, when I grew up. And Mississippi is still the number one rated state for teen pregnancy Mm -hmm. or at least it was for a long time it may not be this year but i'm sure it's up in the top five (laughs) will i get the crown again (laughs) will i get the crown again y'all we know abstinence education doesn't work Mm -hmm. it's literally keeping people in the dark Mm -hmm. and then they explore because we're humans and that's what we do while no state has a law that bars speaking about homosexuality at all some states come close South Carolina and Louisiana's laws relating to sex education in school, while are not explicitly don't say gay, have provisions in which you either can't talk about homosexuality unless it relates to STDs or where you can't depict it, whatever that means, as legal scholars are actually scratching their heads on this too. Regarding no promo homo laws, Arizona is the only state where a homosexual lifestyle cannot be presented or instructed upon and where homosexuality cannot be promoted as a positive lifestyle or where it could be suggested that safe sex could be achieved in a homosexual relationship. Hold on. I think this would be fun. Oh, really? Because I'm boiling with Hold rage on. and writing what? this? Boiling with rage so everywhere. What? Uh, listen, I'll give you I'll give you five thousand dollars if somebody can like phone in and say and tell me what a homosexual lifestyle is because <laughs> I am intrigued <laughs> because what is it? I don't know. <laughs> right, right, right. And if sadness is the name of your game and you are an educator, then welcome to Mike's Dark Corner because in anti-homo states, teachers in. Are you ready for it, everybody? Alabama, Texas, Mississippi, and Oklahoma are required to instruct that homosexuality is a criminal offense, an unacceptable lifestyle, and the cause of STDs. <sighs> mm-hmm. Can I tell you the rage yeah. within me? This was a hard episode for me to do research on and write because everything that I found was just full of ire and... Um, boiled over my rage pot more than it ever has ever and i think you know if std means like stunning tremendous and <laughs> definitely savvy then great then that's what it mm-hmm. that it, that's what it brings mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. in pro hetero teaching states like north carolina illinois and florida the promotion of heterosexual monogamous relationships is required and in 17 states abstinence education holds sway advocating for abstinence outside of marriage and not recognizing marriage as between same-sex couples <sighs> so we could obviously do a incredible deep dive on how truly messed up 
sex education is in the United States? I really think it is the crux of so many problems. Uh huh. Truly. Yeah. People are still growing up totally ignorant about mm-hmm. it. They don't know how to protect themselves. Mm-mm. They don't even know how it works. Mm-mm. I'm not going to lie. As like as a young person, I didn't fully understand the mechanisms of how sex worked because I mean, abstinence but, only. It was an abstinence only thing. Yep. Sex ed was like a medical person came in for 30 minutes once and told us that there were, they told us about genitals. That mm-hmm. was it. That was, and I'm serious when I say that was it. Mm-hmm. Like I had to have like a trusted friend when I was like in college, sit me down and go like, here's how it all works. Cause I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And that's not my fault. No, I was failed by the education oh, system. Uh-huh. But because of laws in place. Yeah. It does warm my heart a little bit that a state like New Jersey has laws on the books that <laughs> along with specifically teaching queer history in their curriculum, sex ed must include now homosexual sex. Yeah. You have to teach gay sex in, and the mechanism for that. Right. I hope this will hopefully also open up discussion on like sex is way more than just the one option looks like for mm-hmm. heterosexual people. Mm-hmm. Good Lord. Sex is like a... It's a buffet. It's it's a buffet under like a giant dome of possibility. <laughs> and like, good Lord, we're taught that it's one thing and it's not one thing. Right. It can be so many beautiful things as long as you have, you know, also things like consent education. Mm-hmm. Like, so many of the problems we're talking about would be solved by better sex education. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand why it's not the first thing... I don't understand why it's not why we're spending all of our money. Right. Like, Everything. spend it all yeah. on good, solid sex education. All of these things would get fixed. Yeah. I'm serious. Yeah. Quite honestly, just like the history of anti-gay legislation, the history of anti-gay curriculum laws and anti-gay sentiment is just as long and in-depth and more than we can dig our teeth into in this episode about the Don't Say Gay law in Florida. That being said, what does the law actually say and what does it bar? Essentially, as we said earlier, Florida's Don't Say Gay bill bars any sort of instruction, education, or classroom lessons about LGBTQ plus topics through third grade. This is pretty broad when you think about it, and not that it would come up every day by any means, but it is and must feel incredibly limiting to queer educators and straight educators who are allies that seek to be diverse voices for their students. I was watching Ellen DeGeneres' talk show in elementary school. Does that mean like two third graders can't talk about Ellen? You know what I mean? Sure. Like, where's the line? Yeah. Some people may think that this law makes a great deal of sense. Why invite talking about LGBTQ plus issues into kindergarten or second grade classrooms? But the reality is that these issues are real life issues that many people experience and live. The fact that heterosexual norms are a constant societal presence for every every person no matter their sexuality, should be taken into account, especially because not everyone is heterosexual or strictly heterosexual. That's right. Moving through life as a queer person in a heterosexually geared world means that there is a constant code switch that we have to do in our heads. Because for the longest time, we were told we were brought up to believe and know that we don't belong, that we were wrong, and that if you were raised in a religious household, that you were somehow a sin. Or made wrong. Or worse, that this is what you were choosing. All these things were told to me from various different religious people. 
If you don't think repressing yourself and who you truly are for decades hasn't done some sort of damage, then clearly you are sitting pretty and good for you. But as a queer kid, having no representation, having no role models or understanding how to go through life as an LGBTQ plus individual or to know where to turn for allyship. God, what a gut wrenching experience. And I can say as someone who lived that experience, it sure was. And I can certainly think that you probably had the same experience. Oh, yeah. The Mm -hmm. gut punch can still be felt Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. Like a phantom limb. So while many conservative individuals think that this law is good because it prevents, quote, grooming, end quote. Grooming. Mm -hmm. That word. Indoctrinating. Mm -hmm. Grooming. Same thing. Mm -hmm. Of individuals into our sinister queer cabal, it doesn't. In fact, it's regressive and harmful in presenting a diverse understanding of the human experience. Because even if your child isn't a member of the LGBTQ plus community, being able to talk about and better understand people who are creates a better empathy and understanding. Also, we have to remove this word from being equated or like being associated with the queer community. Grooming. You know what I mean? Like because this word is a word that is used to define what someone who is an abuser does to another person in order to abuse them. Mm -hmm. Grooming is associated with abuse, period. Mm -hmm. And while the root of this law seems anti-LGBTQ+, and it is, it is also anti-education, which is the other piece of the puzzle here. Not surprisingly, the root of the anti-critical race theory sentiment nationwide also falls into the category of quote, parental rights and education, end quote. And in a time where we've abandoned our experts in most of our fields for what are, quote, personal freedom, end quote, except it's actually selfishness, dictates, we find ourselves backsliding in a multitude of arenas as sanity and truth is abandoned for what is popular and easier. The fact that a kid with two moms is a liability to the bubble of heterosexuality to another student or a group of students is both sad and underscores a bigotry much greater than striking queer curriculum from education in the name of freedom, but rather it erases what isn't deemed as important, what is minority, and in short, what isn't white, Christian, or heterosexual. The Don't Say Gay legislation is a twofold punch. The first, harming the student and their whole growth and development, and the second, the educators harming their ability to have agency over their classroom environment and their ability to create and cultivate a diverse audience of learners. I would like to propose that everybody elected to office also has to work as a teacher full-time for an entire semester as part of like their legislative duties. Right, before they can propose a, a law. <laughs> before they can propose a law. That like, would as in you, education or like, educators. Okay, you get elected? Yeah. Okay, great. Or like, okay, great, then you have to go work as a teacher right, for November to January November to January right. you work as a t- not November to January no I want them to work from November to June okay and then they can be sworn in and then they can be sure sworn we'll in. just adjust everything yeah I love exactly it. and Great. then everybody also go to the end of June and that's that mm-hmm. the sources for today's pride mix include the Washington Post article Florida's law limiting LGBTQ plus discussion in schools explained by Amber Phillips OutHistory.org, and the Columbia Law Review article, Anti-Gay Curriculum Laws, by Clifford Roski. If you're looking to help, get involved locally. Find out where the local queer nonprofit organizations are and donate your time and money. If you're looking to donate to some larger organizations and nonprofits, which actively work to protect LGBTQ plus rights, visit glisten.org. That's G-L-S-E-N 
the Gay, Lesbian, and Straight Education Network, helping to create safe spaces for queer students in schools across America, and The Trevor Project, 24-7 crisis support services to LGBTQ young people. Text, chat, or call anytime to reach a trained counselor found at thetrevorproject.org. This has been Pride Mix by Gays at the National Parks, the podcast. And we're here to remind you to pride early and pride often, and that your pride means nothing unless it's intersectional. Gays at the National Parks was created and is hosted by us, Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. To see images from this episode, follow our Instagram at Gays at the National Parks. To contact us, email us at gazeatthenationalparks at gmail.com. And to find out more about the parks visited on this show, visit our website, gazeatthenationalparks.com. That's gaze, G-A-Z-E. All original artwork featured on Instagram, on our website, and in the Gaze Shop is by me, Michael Ryan. All original music was written by Dave Seaman and performed by Dave Seaman, Mariella Klinger, and Sean Sklios. Our music producer is Skylar Fortgang. This episode was edited by me, Dustin Ballard. We would also like to acknowledge while recording this episode that we were on the traditional and stolen lands of the Lenape people, also known as Ocean County, New Jersey. 